0: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's been two weeks since Pennsylvania's primary election and we still don't know everyone who will be on our ballots. But we do know one thing, guns and abortion access will be key issues in November. We're going to break down what we know and what comes next. It's Tuesday, May 31st. I'm Morgan Moody and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Okay, so there will be a recount to figure out who won the Republican nomination for Senate here in Pennsylvania. I mean, we kind of expected that from the start, but state officials finally called it late last week. Today, I'm with the rest of the CityCast team, Megan Harris and Francesca DeBecco. Hey. Hey, Morgan. Hello. And we're going to talk about what we know what we'll be watching over the next few days, and honestly, the next few months. So Megan, what triggered the recount exactly? And what is that process like?
1: Yeah, so Oprah's favorite, our celebrity doctor, Dr. Mehmet Oz, (laughs) uh, he was facing hedge fund millionaire David McCormick. Um, He's the guy that ran all of those good old boy commercials uh, that, Mm. God, they alleged voter fraud. uh, He repeated that, let's go Brandon chant a ton. um, And he almost, this is my favorite, he identified a uh, disgraced former candidate for Congress, Sean Parnell, as a sitting congressman in one of the (laughs) testimonials. Drove me crazy. So anyway, at last count, Oz was up, Biden, Nine hundred and two votes total statewide. It's like nothing. Wow, that's how many. Yeah, so 0.07% of the vote. And under state law, anything within a 0.5 margin automatically calls for a recount.
0: That is so close. This is such a tight race. But like in my head, I imagine the recount being like in a smoky church basement. Like, <laughs> you know, like that operates like a bingo hall and like some older woman's coming around with her sticker and like very meticulously going over every single
2: vote. to make sure you won. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's so great. Um, So have they started the process yet, the recount?
1: Yeah, I mean, some eager beavers probably have. Uh, Pennsylvania has 67 counties, and they can each start when they want to. Um, So that could have been as soon as last Friday and as late as tomorrow. No matter when you start, the recount has to be done by noon of next Tuesday and submitted to the State Department the day after that. So once the State Department has it, then they'll let all of us voters know what's up.
0: And when they say recount, do they mean like literally every ballot in the Commonwealth?
2: Yeah. Or is it like just the ones that are left over? I think I read there were still some like 10,000 absentee and provisional ballots left to consider.
0: Oh, yeah. Could those like swing the entire (laughs) the entire thing? I mean, technically,
1: I'm one of those mail-in ballots, so I hope they recount me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that's kind of the thing, right? Like We don't know how many of those mail-in and provisional ballots, like those 10,000, were actually cast by Republicans. If you look at previous elections, Democrats have typically filed way more absentee and provisional ballots than our friends in the GOP, um, like in the 2020 election, for example. But that was also caused in no small part by the pandemic, so we'll see if that plays out now. Um, But yeah, even a small percentage could change the outcome if with only 902 votes at stake, you know? Wow. And the provisional ballots, uh, those are the ones where someone has to review it, right? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. Um, But most commonly lately seems to be because someone asked for a mail-in or absentee ballot, you know, like I didn't think I was going to be in town or I didn't want to be around humans. Um, But then maybe they forgot to mail it in in time or they never got it. That's happened, you know, where it's sent in the mail, but then it gets lost. So then they go down to their precinct or their courthouse and they vote in person. Perfectly legal. But, you know, you can only vote one time. So it takes a sec to cross check all of that. Yeah, it's a process.
0: And the good Dr. Oz also got the endorsement of former President Donald Trump, right before the election. It feels like that was like years ago now, but that was right before the leaked draft of the Supreme Court opinion to overturn Roe v. Wade. Right.
2: For a while there, it's all anyone could talk
1: about. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was so funny. Dr. Oz used to talk about abortion access on his show, like not explicitly endorsing it, but like talking about it like this is a perfectly reasonable option Mm -hmm, for medical care. mm -hmm. Uh, But now that he's running in Pennsylvania, he says he's pro-life and supports overturning Roe completely. McCormick of course agrees, but he takes it a lot further and says he wants legislators to pass anti-abortion bills too.
0: What do we think? Is this one issue big enough to swing people who are maybe registered as independent? Of course. Yeah. And those independents could have a
2: huge impact on Pennsylvania's election results and in turn, uh, Pennsylvania's access to the to this type of reproductive health care. The thing to keep in mind is, though, if Roe is overturned like tomorrow, abortion in Pennsylvania will still be legal, and it'll remain the exact same unless the state passes a new law that bans abortion. Um, Governor Tom Wolf said that he'll veto any anti-choice legislation that lands on his desk, but when he's out of office, that story could change.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Francesca. What about surrounding states?
2: Well, 22 states already have laws to ban or severely limit abortions that would go into effect once Roe's overturned. Um, Ohio and West Virginia are definitely two of those. Um, Mm, Close. Yeah, there's uh, there's this resource, the Guttmacher Institute. They say that the percentage of women who might drive to Pennsylvania for abortion care following an overturn of Roe is expected to grow by more than a thousand percent.
1: So that's a lot. That's a lot of people. We actually just did an episode talking about the likely caseload from those surrounding states, uh, plus a lot more about the restrictions that Pennsylvania already faces. Like Francesca said, yes, it's legal here, but it's not explicitly protected. So we are still technically considered an at-risk state. Mm. Um, So there's a lot that our lawmakers could do to further protect access if they wanted to. And back to
0: those lawmakers. So the winner <laughs> put the put the heat on them for a little bit. The winner of that GOP Senate race will run against Democrat and adopted Pittsburgher John Fetterman, who raised one point six million dollars twenty four hours after winning the primary. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a
1: lot of money. Yeah, and
0: apparently he's fundraising nationwide right now. Yeah. One of our CityCast colleagues in Chicago uh, got a text yesterday asking for
1: donations. It was so funny, the messaging on it. Oh, God, <laughs> let me read it. Uh, Republicans, quote, Republicans have proven that they can't be trusted with Pennsylvania Senate seat. Heck, they had to decide between nominating a hedge fund millionaire, a quack doctor, or a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, end quote. Uh, he goes on to ask for money. I'm assuming they're just targeting folks in blue states now. That makes sense. Yes. We are once again coming to you and asking you <laughs> We need to please, <laughs> to
0: everybody. please. Okay. We need it. Right? So is, is that the way that it works, though? Like, once there's a clear victory in your party, you can go back to fundraising?
1: Pretty much. I mean, as a politician, like, I guess you probably never stop asking people for things. Money, support, yeah. something. Um, I and I would bet you money the Republicans are fundraising like crazy, too. Like, mm. for example, I'm still on a bunch of lists from the 2016 election. So I get stuff from both parties. And Trump's people have been sending one or two emails a day telling you that the world world is ending and that they need your money right now but I guess it's probably <laughs> That's the kind of positivity you need in literally emails, every email is like right? that every single one they're all like <laughs> apocalyptic but it's probably really tough for the parties to get you know targeted about it at least here in Pennsylvania until they know who their champion's going to be
0: yeah and those people from either side are representing uh, a lot of things that are at um I don't know I guess to say the core of what Americans are kind of fighting for right now, where it seems to be the issues of of health care, abortion rights, gun control. Yeah, and right now it's all about gun control and rightfully so. I'm glad you shared all those resources though last week. I don't know if you guys saw them, but Francesca put together an amazing list of organizations and education resources and support networks to help you get involved and, and also to, how to talk to your children about this sort of thing. So right. some directly benefit the survivors in Texas and a lot of them are for parents and teachers who are struggling here in Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Morgan. I can uh, give some of those a shout out right now. Um, First of all, uh, Ceasefire PA, um, they're an organization dedicated to reducing and preventing gun violence throughout the Commonwealth. And actually starting tomorrow, they're asking folks to raise awareness during their Wear Orange week. Um, So you can wear some orange this week to raise awareness and show support. Um, There's also some local orgs that work toward uh, gun violence prevention. There's the Mad Dads of Greater Pittsburgh. I love Uh, them. Yeah, they're so great. Uh, The South Pittsburgh Coalition for Peace or Voices Against Violence.
0: Shootings are just devastatingly constant. Even here in Pittsburgh last month at that Airbnb party in the north side where those teenagers got shot.
1: Yeah, those two died. And then just this weekend, a one-year-old boy was killed in a drive-by downtown.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. So do we know yet how these shootings might play out in the election
0: yeah there's a bunch of proposals uh right but i keep seeing people posting about how nothing's going to change. I also keep seeing, you know, politicians basically saying that they don't plan to change much.
1: Yeah, it depends on who you're looking at, right? And which feeds. Um, (laughs) I think the folks that are, you know, pessimistic are probably right. I mean, for a bunch of us, myself included, I think it's easy to look at our social feeds and be like, oh, yeah, everybody wants this change. Reasonable restrictions on guns at the very least, you know. Um, But I think it's also clear that a huge swath of the country really doesn't feel that way.
2: Yeah. And a lot of people
1: don't see it as a health crisis, which, you know. I mean, it's not legally allowed to be a health crisis. The Centers for Disease Control have never been allowed to study it as that. Mm.
0: Is it just money? Is that the whole reason that this country still supports the NRA? It's just just a huge money grab for people. What else could it be?
1: Well, I mean, for some people, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, This is how I think of it. Some people are really fierce protectors of their weapons. And like any other issue, probably many thousands of those people aren't thinking deeply about the implications of their support. But I also try not to overgeneralize it either. I mean... Lots of people do understand these issues probably better than all of us and they still choose to support full and unabated access to weapons of all magnitudes and those are some of the people controlling the money. Like, for example, the gun lobby set a new spending record in 2021, at least according to Open Secrets. They spent about $15.8 million mm. on lobbying. So that can include everything from political contributions to trying to make sure that like their legislation gets passed or, more specifically, gun control legislation does not. Yeah. And that's compared to less than $3 million from gun control groups. Um, And the figures for this year before the two shootings in Buffalo and Texas show a really similar trend. Like the gun control groups are just getting massively outspent.
0: Mm. And how about here in Pennsylvania? How are people feeling about gun control and legislation? Right.
1: Is there like any appetite for change? Yeah, I mean, at least here in Pennsylvania, um, a poll last month surveyed 664 voters, um, fairly even split, at least in terms of what they declared themselves to be. 55% of respondents said they believe federal gun laws should be stronger, 27% said they should stay the same, and 15% said they should be less strong. Um, A different one in February of 2021 asked about a few specific proposals. It found that 73% of Pennsylvanians said that they were supportive of requiring at least a permit to purchase a firearm and 68% were supportive of requiring fingerprints to get those permits. I mean, at least make it
2: similar to what's required to get a car, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Will our elected leaders do that, though? That's the question.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always the question, right? Like, maybe. Even Republican Senator Pat Toomey, who, I mean, he's retiring. His seat is the one that's up for grabs by Fetterman and either McCormick or Oz. He's been pushing for a few years to expand mm-hmm. background checks. It's a really narrow bill, but for Republicans, it's not nothing. He co-sponsored that bill with Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia. He's the one that is constantly crossing party lines to vote yes. with Republicans. Yeah. Mm. Don't they both take NRA money, though? They sure do, um, but not as much as some. So for example, uh, the NRA always offers these like letter grades, like they're in school or something. Mm-hmm. That, to me, has a C rating from the NRA, and Manchin, last I had a D. Um, But I think he's fallen from their good graces a little because he wasn't a plus as recently as 2018. Um, Actually, to that point, the New York Times just had a really cool piece. They called or got in touch with all 50 Republican senators in the wake of Texas and asked about, like, you know, do you still feel this way? Do you still feel protective of gun laws? And they have a breakdown of which ones answered, how they answered, and also how much money they've taken from the NRA since they've been in office.
2: Nice. To
1: me is represented at 1.5 million, which is a lot, but it's not even close to the most.
0: I feel like this is one of the times where having a bad grade isn't uh, the worst thing.
1: Well, that's why the they didn't even call the Democrats, because like, <laughs> they are all Fs, all of them, right, everywhere. right.
0: But background checks, I mean, I'm not going to say is that all, but is that all? What about banning assault rifles or waiting periods or national buyback programs? Like, what are we doing here to actually enact some change?
1: Yeah, I mean, the short answer is that none of that is likely to happen. But there are, (laughs) I know, but there are two efforts happening in tandem right now that we can talk about. Um, One is federal. Yeah, are those The ones that already existed, or are they new because of what happened in Texas? Those are the old ones. Um, The two bills led by House Democrats would expand criminal background checks to internet buyers and people at gun shows, which would theoretically give the FBI more time to investigate if anyone got flagged. Right now, in most cases, you can buy right away standing there.
0: Do I want to ask why? Like, If those bills already existed, they're only being fought for now? like After another school shooting?
1: You may, but I think you already know the answer. The issue with anything federal is that it has to be passed by both the Senate and the House, and the numbers are just too tight right now to get anything into law. Like President Biden, he made it a tenet of his candidacy, and he said it again as recently as last week that he wants to change our laws around this, but our Senate is split 50-50, which means that it doesn't matter how much the American people may want something passed or that even, you know, if a party gets a majority of votes, say 51 to 49, because the other party can then just call a filibuster you have to have a 60 40 split to avoid that Mm. and try finding 10 members of either party willing to break from their side right now you know even in the wake of a tragedy like this yeah that's true of everything not just gun control like our senate just doesn't move anymore
2: yeah right gotta find some common ground so you said this was two efforts what's the other one
0: Yeah, is it a Pennsylvania thing?
1: Yeah, Governor Wolf says he's also tired of a lack of action. In the last six months, he's vetoed two bills pushed by state Republicans that would have removed licensing and background checks entirely. Um, That would have been requirements for concealed carry permits. Part of that one, it would have overturned Philadelphia's requirement for even a permit to open carry. Wow! The second bill he vetoed would have discouraged local jurisdictions from attempting to regulate firearms at all, which I probably I'm guessing probably had a little bit to do with Pittsburgh, but mm-hmm. I don't actually know that for sure. Wolf uh, has actually been pushing for years for better reporting for lost and stolen guns, tightening loopholes, expanded background checks, safe storage requirements, Fetterman um, too on that last point, um, and even red flag laws for people who maybe have a history of being a danger to themselves or others. All mostly reasonable things if you're in a moderate camp. So that's what he wants. But is any
0: of that actually happening?
1: I mean, Pennsylvania Democrats came out with a new proposal Thursday. Um, The only local name I saw on the list was Allegheny County's Arian Abney. He's among the sponsors for one of them. We'll post links to them all so you can read through it. But broadly, they try to ban assault style weapons, ban body armor like the two shooters in Texas and Buffalo are both wearing, and put a lot more parameters about how, when, and who can buy certain types of guns. Yeah, seems pretty obvious to me. All stuff to
0: follow this summer as we get closer to the general election. One thing I wanted to mention, too, and I feel like usually this would be more of a thing, but with the news lately, you know, I'm I'm sure it's pretty far down on the list. But does anyone still care about legalizing weed?
1: (laughs)
2: I'm sure a lot of people still care right Like, I feel
1: like for the most part if you want to smoke or ingest cannabis you'll find a way Um, but it would probably go a long way to our criminal justice system to just finally fully legalize recreational use
0: yeah
2: yeah, not to mention all the jobs that could come from it at dispensaries and farming sites. And you know, I'm always here for union talks. So it seems like this is an industry <laughs> that could really benefit from some representation.
0: Yeah, God knows Fetterman would be down for that. But right? will, <laughs> <laughs> will more progressive stances like that make it a tighter race in November, seeing as how most of Pennsylvania leans red? I
1: mean, I don't know. I would remind you that like, we're mostly read by geography, not really by Mm. quantity, right? Like by the numbers, our city populations kind of outweigh the rural ones. That's always been true in every state. Um, but of all things, I actually think marijuana is among the most uniting issues we probably have in Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> probably. Like a ton of country folks are also sick and tired of getting popped for low-level possession or seeing their sons and daughters' lives like curtailed over a dime bag. So progress is slow, and there are a million issues with how our state is actually setting up this industry. That's a separate conversation. But I'd be really surprised, actually, if legalization doesn't come eventually. That said, that's under our current administration. It kind of depends on who our next governor is. (laughs) All right. Now to what nightmares are made
0: of. Doug Mastriano. Yeah. I have a healthy distrust of all things government, but this man is he's scary. Like Mastriano is the GOP candidate running against Democrat Josh Shapiro, who ran unopposed. I honestly was even afraid to look up Doug's campaign site because I might be put on some sort of like FBI watch list. But
1: (laughs) he's got... A past. I mean, yeah, he does. Um, he has thoughts. Um, and this isn't his first election. Um, he's an Obama birther. He's a Trump ally. He's an Army vet. He still says that the 2020 election was stolen. He organized Mm. a bunch of buses to go down to the Capitol for the January 6th insurrection. Though he later said that the violence was quote unacceptable, and he and his wife left before the gates were breached. (laughs) But he was also in court about that as recently as February. Yeah, and the
0: bigger problem is, you know, all the freedoms he wants to take away. abortion for one Yeah, he's posted homophobic and Islamophobic stuff on his social media that he won't talk about with other journalists
1: a bunch of them yeah Uh, he won't talk to reporters that he thinks are already biased against him Um, that's (laughs) becoming a more and more common thing among the GOP Uh, and actually some Democrats too if you remember uh, Obama would not do a sit-down interview with a traditional media outlet for like years of his first administration But yeah, the Islamophobic memes like truly puzzle me. One seems to blame Muslims for the fire at the Notre Dame Cathedral. But like, if you look back at his record, he led like a ton of Afghan relief efforts when he was in service with the army. Yeah. He also opposes legalizing weed. Uh, He's against a lot of environmental protections. At the height of COVID, he even wanted HIPAA regulations like the uh, medical privacy laws dropped and he wanted lists of infected people published publicly. The list keeps going. The list
0: keeps going. That man's got, uh, I'm just
1: trying to be nice about it. Yeah, he's got a past. Um, But we should mention like Democrat Josh Shapiro, he has been the Commonwealth's attorney general for the last couple of Wolf administrations. He's been super vocal about all of his opinions politically. So if you're interested in anything that he's ever supported, go to his website because he lists all of it. He's never had to. Yeah, he's never had to be tame about his opinions on things because he's always been in charge of law enforcement. Um, So it's been kind of interesting to see how he's adapted that language to a governor's race. And I'm especially curious how he does it come fall.
0: Elsewhere in the state, though, pretty much everything else has been resolved. In the 12th Congressional District, State Representative Summer Lee won the Democratic primary over Steve Irwin. She's a progressive Democrat endorsed by Mayor Ed Ganey and uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, and she's trying to become the first black woman elected to Congress here in Pennsylvania. And a side note, I also ran track with Summer in high school. Wow, <laughs> I love that. That's so fun. Yeah, she was always very diplomatic, so I should say that I'm not surprised to see her in politics now. She's always <laughs> running. <Whoa. laughs> so what should we be watching for over the next few months?
1: I mean, whatever you want, but personally, <laughs> I'm curious about the money, like how endorsements shake out and media buys, yeah. like whether Trump's candidates actually make it, you know, into not just into the general election, but how they do once they get there. Mm-hmm. Um how incumbents do versus challengers, how redistricting might affect all of this, because you know, we did that on the congressional and the legislative level this year in our state. And you know, like how much a swing state like Pennsylvania, how we did in this primary election might influence midterm elections come fall, especially as we're looking at other swing states across the country.
2: Yeah, uh, be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. I'll have updates on that over the next couple months, and we'll definitely be prepping you before November. So stay tuned.
0: I really want to say Pennsylvania is for swingers. Like, I want that to be our, like, election (laughs) logo or election. cat swag,
1: Pennsylvania is for swingers. There we go.
0: (laughs) Yes. With a little vote sticker in it. Yeah. Here's what else is happening in Pittsburgh today. Pittsburgh Police Chief Scott Schubert says he's retiring effective July 1st. Good for you, Chief, because honestly, the 4th is always a shit show. The city says it has nothing to do with the big report they dropped a couple of weeks ago, which included a bunch of recommendations for the Public Safety Department. They're going to do a national search that Mayor Ganey says should be done by the end of the year. Officials are still figuring out what went wrong when that freight train collided with a dump truck in Harmer. 17 cars derailed and 12 of them fell into a creek that feeds into the Allegheny River. You already know where this is going. Some of those freight cars were carrying crude oil, that's a type of petroleum, and now they're worried about how much has spilled into the water. And a great big welcome to our new producer, Mallory Falk. She's joining us most recently from WHYY in Philly, and she covered the border crisis in El Paso before that. So we're so excited to have her on board. Welcome home, Mallory. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and of course, subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back on Thursday with more news from around the city. See you then.
1: Oh, maybe it was just a Wi-Fi blip then.
0: Yeah, it keeps saying like my connection is weird. I'm like, no, it's not. But, you know.
1: <laughs> You're <right>. weird. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> don't
0: don't start with me. <laughs>